Welcome to Dynasty Think Tank. I am Chad Parsons. He is Jordan McMahon. And we share our research, experience, and acumen to build dynasty winners and unlock ceiling outcomes. Now is the time to seek elite results. We are to off-season mode here for Dynasty, and that is thought-provoking zone, uh, where we talk about lessons learned. We talk about some of the storylines for the off-season. So that's where Jordan and I are going to start out with this week. We're each going to bring a couple, uh, couple little uh, storylines for the off-season. Could be positionally, could be player-wise, could be profile-wise. Uh, why don't you kick us off, Jordan, with something that is a Dynasty analyst, Dynasty uh, roster builder yourself. Uh, what are you kind of chewing on to start 2024 here? Thinking about the quarterback position, just to start with, uh, Chicago's going to pick at one second consecutive year. They're going to have to decide between Justin Fields and taking someone or trading down. How they're going to how they're going to handle that? It's going to be really interesting from a strategic, you know, just studying it and kind of you know seeing what their process is. Plus, uh, you know, the fallout from that, right? Where does Justin Fields land if he's traded? Who does that impact? Right? How does all that unfold? So that's that's. Starting at one, and then you look at two, three, four, uh, and five right now. I think I believe I'll have the chance to pick two, which is Washington, New England, Arizona, and the Giants. Now that would have an impact on Sam Howell. I don't think it, you know, I think Mac Jones is basically drawing dead right now in New England. Um, but Kyler Murray that could impact Daniel Jones that could impact, right? So I think, I think those things, uh, Tennessee is at seven, they're also five and 11 right in that range. I don't think they could get to two or three. It would be really hard mathematically um, to get that high. Um, but if they're a top five team, are they a candidate to take a quarterback, right? That would impact a guy like Will Levis, right? So I start looking at all of that range and, and then thinking about, okay, um, that's that's all sort of candidates and shuffling places. And then again, you look beyond that. And there's teams with plenty of need, right? Atlanta currently uh, projected to pick ninth. Are they, you know, are they a, a buyer for one of these picks to move up? Um, are they a candidate to go to one? Are they a candidate to go, you know, to Arizona's pick? If Arizona wants to stay with Kyler Murray and they're picking in a quarterback zone, um, are they a candidate for Russell Wilson? Same questions for Vegas, right? At, at 11, heck, 12, you know, Kirk Cousins is a free agent. What does, what does that happen? Denver's at 14, right? They're going to move on from Russell Wilson. So all of those storylines in that top half of the draft, I think, you know, we'll see how it gets all settled out next week. But I think all of those things are really interesting from a, you know, just, just, overarching you know, how does this impact the quarterback position in dynasty and how do you deal with that uncertainty on your teams when it feels like the the draft class where the reason we typically don't see you know one or two or three move down really far or into the teens is because there's a lot of variable on we're moving down to what range to get what player you know that you know a lot of times you see trades down uh for you know we saw a one to nine last year which was pretty graphic uh but they picked up dj Moore, they picked up some other assets and they picked up 101 mm -hmm. in this year's class so obviously you know they that was basically like a hedge against we don't love any one of these quarterbacks here or any one of these players and let's just kick this and get dj Moore and some other stuff uh there but the reason i think what makes it tough is teams like atlanta like you mentioned maybe the raiders uh the vikings uh, Broncos, things like that. They're so far back. It makes a trade up 
really tough. You know, like it's this year's pick, it's next year's pick, it's multiple, it might be multiple seconds plus a player plus a, like you're talking about, like it just is so much. And then still the team at one or two, maybe like, eh, pass. Cause if it's a good class and you're willing to go up that far, that may be, you know, it takes a seller. And I just find that it's going to be really interesting to see what teams are out of the market or out of reach. And that might be QB four of the class versus they would have maybe had a chance, or maybe that's why we go after cousins or someone else uh, in the marketplace before the draft even happens as a hedge of like, well, maybe the draft goes right for us. Maybe we still make a trade, but uh, we need to plan ahead accordingly uh, just to make that happen. Yeah. Just, quarterback uh, i still go back to the one of the greatest lines i ever heard which is a, it's an episodic television show about quarterbacks and now we have eight months of like daytime soap opera <laughs> until we get the episodic part again in week one so uh all these all these teams that are have nots so that's a great one um i'm gonna go with the story of tight ends um and specifically this it's really been a have and have nots we've talked about that phraseology for a couple of years now of just look at these mammoth profiles and this is one of the more fascinating off seasons we've had at tight end in quite some time we had sam laporta come out and look the part of baby gronk right away trey mcbride went on a run uh we haven't discussed him in depth share save your thoughts because trey mcbride we can unpack him in a in a premium show here on the channel but mark andrews you know going maybe tight end three tight end four tight end five you have the tj hawkinson injury Kelsey falling like a brick. I still think we're going to hear in February, Travis Kelsey was never healed from an injury. He was playing hurt the entire year, or I don't know, I guess at 33.5 years old or whatever it is, you just hit a cliff. I, I don't, I don't know, but I think something's going to come out about Travis Kelsey. That's going to provide something for us for how this uh, steep decline happened in 2023. It's in some regard. Don't forget about George Kittle, Dalton Kincaid, Kyle Pitts, the lost man. David Njoku won titles for us. Evan Ingram is there. Like, I feel like at the top or in the top couple of tiers, it's deeper than ever before. And obviously, you know, we're mentioning a lot of names you already have in existing tight end premium formats, but those kind of startup drafts are too tight end with premium scoring. Like, this is a more robust environment than I can recall in any recent memory. Yeah, it was actually my second topic. So we'll just double yes. team this one. Big three. We <laughs> um, got it, Jordan. We got big a big three. three. Yeah. We got a big three out of there four. Um, yeah. I mean, just, uh, you know, it's it's a great, it's just a great position right now. And this is a position that we've done a lot of study on. We really enjoy playing formats that emphasize this position. Um, by the way, in those formats where you had David Joku, where you had Evan Ingram, where you were willing to sort of buy low on those profiles, it's things that we know work historically at tight end, you smashed. <laughs> smashed down the stretch. Um, and that was, you know, that's, that's uh, uh, those guys right now, according to our friends over at fantasy calc nine and 10 at the position, right? David Joku, right. It was in terms of guys that you could put plug and play and, and trust in your lineup at the position, there was probably no one better in the fantasy playoffs than David Joku. He's at tight end nine and at fantasy calc, right? Um, and you look, there's other names. Like, I mean, you even go out to the the teens. I mean, there's some real, right. You get out to 13, there's Cole Komet, right. And there's probably a tear break after, after Komet 
into some of the security and, and the age considerations out there. But even they get out to Dalton Schultz at 16, heck, Friermuth at 19, that's going to be a that's going to be an easy buy. Right. So there, there's a lot of those um, opportunities combined with guys that are under 25 years old up at the top. Laporta at 23, McBride at 24. Um, you have uh, you have Kincaid at 24, right, being a top being a top um uh, 10 guy pits at 23 coming off a down season, right? Jake Ferguson at 25, Cole Komet at 25, right? So you, you have a lot of uh, age as well as some of these, you have a lot of youth as well as some of these aging guys. It's a great, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a really interesting position. I think it's going to be a key arbitrage position uh, in, in existing leagues, this, you know, especially early on in the off season. And it's a reminder that, uh, you know, the, the position is such that the the breakouts or the peak range is typically 25 to 30 years old. So these guys where we're getting positive vibes at 23, 24, Pitts is 23. When you said that, again, I, I, I look at this every day and it's like, it still kind of hits you that it feels like he's been around forever and he's already a bust, a bust player and he's already in a fragment of our memory. And yet the baby is 23. I mean, you know, so, so his story is still being written. And I, it's always a good reminder that, Tight ends take a while. And so when you do get early positive data points, that could be a sign of even more positive things when they actually hit their stride mid-career, you know, later in their rookie contract on into their second contract. That's when things usually hit the accelerator button for whatever their peak ends up being. You know, it's typically in that range. And you still have someone like George Kittle that's right around that radius of 30 and, you know, in that in that prime window. Uh, what's your What's your last one? That was my tight ends. Oh, that, that was, was your yeah, second it's, one. Okay, it's back to you. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, my other one, my final one here was the uh, running back arbitrage. That this is going to be a fascinating one, just because I think it's an unsettled position. You know, I've been working the last 24, 48 hours on uh, player values and scrubbing everything for twenty twenty four, and the running back position. I would say the theme is it's I, I I could see a lot of different arguments for two, three, four guys up at the top. However, I think a lot of people just intrinsically with team building in a startup draft, or maybe it's even in trading, they're going to be kind of scrambling for, well, someone has to be running back five or running back eight. And that's true. You know, if you put together rankings, yes. Uh, but I, I think you almost need to look at it. There might be multiple tier breaks. There might be just a, hey, you can either take the 28, 29 year old that's been there, done that for more than half a decade. Or are you going to take somebody that, may not be as bulletproof as you think, and you're taking them at 23, 24, mainly because they're young. And so I just think this is going to be a fascinating one of being flexible with profiles at running back and the arbitrage mantra, because there might be some really good deals you can do by just flipping a profile from one similar player to another. Um, so this is going to be one for the offseason. Uh, I think it's going to be a vibrant one in startup drafts just because you can wait quite a while and it's going to be even more extreme than last year because we're almost talking about the same names. I mean, I can't wait to see how late some of these old, old, old veterans go that have just been, you know, Alvin Kamara has been, uh, you know, top 12, basically every top eight, uh, all mm -hmm. but like one year in his career. And he's the type at 28, 29 years old that probably will age gracefully. And now he's fallen through the floor because of hashtag age. So uh, I haven't really seen much, much decline from him. And I, again, he's still hyper productive. And now you're going to be able to get him super late as you're running back to even, you know, doing everything else in your draft before that. So I just, I think it's gonna be fascinating to see how people address, say like a 23, 24, 25 year old 
just because they're that old, even though the 26, 27 year old is categorically a better player, what that differential is. Yeah. I, I think it's, you know, this is a good time of year as well to buy dirt cheap veterans, right? Because this is, you know, this is people write them off, you know, the, especially at receiver, right? Where they can age well running back. It'll be interesting to see, especially, I think the the key part of the running back position, the, the big thing hanging over it right now is you've got Barkley and Jacobs and Pollard heading into free agency, but you don't have a good class, right? So where some of these guys might in, in other years, right? There might be options to, to just draft guys. There's probably not going to be that this year. Which I I find is going to be an interesting, you know, uh, almost the some of the veteran guys pushing back on the market and saying, you know, we're we're still here to stay for another year. Um, we're not going to get phased out. So I, I do think seeing that, especially with a bad class, um, is going to be an interesting inter interplay between those those two forces. And it may give guys from the previous class or two a little longer window. Where, you know, if they're 50, the team's 50, 50, they might not be investing as much pedigree. You know, I'm thinking of someone like, you know, Kendra Miller, you know, he's more of a projection guy for the future, let's say, of, of when he's going to get his shot or actually <laughs> stay healthy. Let's start mm -hmm. with that. Um, but, you know, someone like that, that there might not be someone to recycle and say like, oh, we're not really happy, but they might give them more of a, of a lens and, and more of a runway just because, hey, there's not a, really a guy that we like any better to take in the third or fourth round this year. So those types of, of settings on depth charts, um, you know, and the Colts, right. They go back and they pay Jonathan Taylor where it's like, maybe they were looking out and they were like, eh, there's not really, you know, even if we want to recycle this and get someone in 2024, there really isn't anybody, you know, or maybe we're going to pay similarly in the free agent market. This could be a lot of projecting ahead. Like you were just saying of, of putting those puzzle pieces together. Uh, so we got a, a few dynasty trades this week, again, early on in the cycle of the offseason here, and wanted to put Amon Ross St. Brown under the microscope of uh, did they get enough? So a wide receiver centric trade here. We got Amon Ross St. Brown for Puka Nakua and Devonta Smith. Uh, so I love Amon Ross St. Brown. You're not going to find someone that's a bigger fan of Amon Ross St. Brown than I am uh, in, in terms of uh, just being a really reliable target getter. Right. But you also get Puka Nakua, who doesn't have the same longevity as Amon Ross St. Brown, but does have the same type of, you know, really dominant target uh, share capability that Amon Ross St. Brown has. Plus, you get Devonta Smith, who is uh, got really good pedigree. Right. I don't think he's ever going to be, a, a ch um, you know, the type of a league changer at, at wide receiver, but he's the type of guy that, uh, becomes, I think, pretty valuable in the in the middle part of their career, where they are a reliable producer in in an offense. So, I think in terms of like arbitraging off of Amon Ross St. Brown, um, I'm hesitant to do it. But this is the type of trade that interests me because I'm getting I'm getting two options. I'm getting two options that I think are pretty good, uh, and I am you know that's that part of the position that as much as I like Amon Ross St. Brown that part of the position is a place where you should arbitrage and, you know, where the profile, you shouldn't just bail, but where the profiles are, are close, you should look to arbitrage them. And I think that's true with Amon Ross St. Brown and Puka Nakua. Devonta Smith's a really, really nice add-on in that deal. Yeah. And I think it's an interesting discussion point just to, to mention that Amon Ross St. Brown and Puka Nakua are, are two examples of players that, 
when you combined high efficiency, the production, the volume, and just the being slapped in in front of the, you know, behind the head on a wide receiver and being a, a productive, hyper-productive player right away, that that's something to buy high. That's something to take notice on. And Nakua being the example this year, we were, you know, we had the partial year is at the end of the year there with Amon Ross St. Brown, but then he comes right back around the following season and is very productive. And even if you don't like Devonta Smith, I mean, he's worth at least a first, you know, and mm-hmm. a lot of flexibility there that, you know, you can keep Nakua, you, you end up using Smith as a tool for some other deal. Uh, maybe it's a tight end, maybe it's uh, something that helps you, or again, maybe you go four or five wide, you know, and obviously if, if he's in that range for you, you know, and I, I've got a couple spots with him and it's not, I, I'm not over the moon on him, but you have to respect the profile of how productive he's been, even with AJ Brown there uh, as a 24, 25 year old. So uh, that's a really nice secondary piece when you look at, you know, like you said, arbitraging the 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 two guys that have been very uh, productive to start their careers. Do you have any uh, for the Rams kind of projecting ahead? Do you think Amon Ross St. Brown is insulated from even an expansion of? Of, of Sam Laporta or Jamison Williams taking a step forward, like do you, and Jamie, uh, Jameer Gibbs, like, do you think there's, there are repercussions to that or is Amonra St. Brown pretty much the lead guy and everyone else is going to have to figure out a way to have that fit? I think that's my answer. Um, okay. I think, I think that's the answer. Uh, listen, when you get to just such this, this level, uh, it's very, very difficult. And that's actually, you know, we talked about in the, in the tight end show. And one thing I, I have to sort of grapple with is, you know, where does Laporta versus McBride sit when Laporta did this with a guy that's an elite dominant, you know, alpha one target hog, right. Might not be in terms of the outright yardage, but in terms of targets, right, it's really hard uh, to get targets when Amon Ross St. Brown is on the field. Um, and that is one of those things with that uh, I'm kind of thinking about. Um, but Trey you know, McBride did it over Greg Dorch and Michael Wilson. Does that not count? Well, and that's the thing. Like, okay, you're the number one option. Okay, like that's it it's Zach hard Ertz to compete that. Right. It, it, it's, hard to, it's hard to do that. Um, yeah. But it's it's you don't have a ton of competition for it with a bunch of bad guys either right? but you know it's more I mean? proof it's, it's, of concept right also yeah 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 so it's a it's an interesting sort of debate i think that we'll be we'll be sort of exploring in the offseason yep all right we got two other deals not more in the category of did i get enough uh we have bryce young and devon achan for marvin mims and a 24 first um I mean, the answer is Bryce Young and Devon Nation, right? I mean, this basically feels like free Bryce Young, doesn't it? I mean, yes, that's that's kind of my thought. Um, you know, and I'd be curious to know where the pick is, right? But again, I'm not super sold on Ashane. Um, uh, you know, I, 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 he's, you know, we talked about in a premium show this week about Kyron Williams. Like Kyron Williams could be inducted into Canton, and I still won't be like, hey, you know, I don't know. Like I just I can't get there on the size thing with him. Like that could be a real outcome uh, with his career. Like Asian a little bit feels like that to me. Again, something I got to study a little bit more in the off season. I, this just feels like free Bryce Young. That's that's instantly where I read this trade. So give me that side. Yeah, absolutely. You're getting two upside shots. You know, even if well, I, and part of the what I was going to ask is how early does that pick need to be? You know, if that was, does that have to be in the top two or three? Yeah, I mean, if you're re-racking the 2024 class at running back right now, Ashin's running back one, 
right? I don't think there's much debate about that no. um, in terms yeah, of no. in terms of who you would take. So, you know, you start at, at you know, if, if it's two quarterbacks that right, I can sort of have that debate at one and two. Um, but again, I think I think Bryce Young is a is a good example of you have to be careful about rookie quarterback projections right and making those kind of trades where you're where you're selling convincing stuff and arbitrageable profiles which is first round quarterbacks you know for blank rookie picks to take a quarterback right i think that that's absolutely the wrong way to fix the position so if that's what you're trying to do with this deal go about it a different way um if this is one oh you know 103 104 105 something like that um i i feel pretty comfortable taking the the bryce young uh, shane side of it yeah, it's not not a bloodbath. You know, that's someone that is like, first of all, like if you if you're if you're bailing on Bryce Young, so be it. But you shouldn't be bailing on Devon Achan based mm-hmm. on you know kind of the surging potential he had. I mean, he's already shown. And even if you're not a believer and say I'm not going to own him in 2025, that's a different discussion than saying like I mean, even we got a share, you know, and we mm-hmm. we cumulatively, I don't know if we drafted him anywhere, um, mm-hmm. but we found an opportunity in a trade and. The vehicle is, well, he can get us somewhere, you know, and get us somewhere in a spiking sort of way at some point in the off season, September, whatever, you know, he'll be able to provide uh, some sort of aspect like that. So, yeah. And Bryce Young, again, year one, a lot of times for these rookie quarterbacks, CJ Stroud and a few others, you know, are excluded from this conversation, but a lot of times, you know, they come out and they're in the QB twenties and there's a lot of rough around the edges stuff and they're learning. So don't assume that, Bryce Young can't outproduce in year two what these rookie quarterbacks are going to do in year one. So that would be the the funny part of this trade, though, is if you trade that pick and you're like, ha ha ha, I got uh, I got Jaden Daniels. You're like, ha, I win, <laughs> you know. And then and then it's like Bryce Young outproduces them in year one, right? And then you got Achan as well, and now right. you can trade Young for another quarterback plus. Right. All right, last one we got we got Jordan Love. Uh, obviously Superflex as always traded for Chris Olave and a 24 second. Yes. This is interesting because you're taking, you're taking a premium position at quarterback and you're trading for a non-premium position uh, and a player. I think we like uh, for and a second, right? Um, As much as I like Olave, I can't move off the quarterback, right? We're always trying to move up at quarterback. Jordan loves an interesting, you know, pivot, point in that and i think what could be an early quarterback market uh it'll be interesting to kind of see where he falls i've seen some stuff where people have said top 10 dynasty quarterback i'm not sure i'm there uh but i think i'm um yeah he's certainly improved on where he was this past offseason right so um in in kind of that world where he's a top 10 to 15 guy like that's I don't like making quarterback to receiver trades in that range. That's just a I think especially in January, that's not the direction to go. Um, so I like Alave. I just wouldn't do this deal right now. Right, and we talk about addressing wide receiver. My favorite deals are running back to wide receiver or running back plus the wide receiver. Uh, trying to find the discount. This doesn't really feel like finding the discount. You know, this is a pro. Chris Olave podcast, but you're not really getting like that heavy. I'm trying to think of what quarterback. I mean, if you were lower down the spectrum and maybe uh, that was age related, but even if love is your quarterback three, I think you sit in January and you want that flexibility, right? I mean, do you really have no questions at quarterback? Like, do you have, uh, he's found money. He was a stash for you and you have, uh, you know, two other guys on the high in the hierarchy you know i i just i struggle to think even from positional value in that standpoint you're looking to to move like this 
Um, you know, I would try to move Jordan Love and maybe add something to it to go to Jefferson. Again, I like Olave, but like, mm-hmm. I think trying to do something like that would be a little better served. Or, you know, maybe you're doing Jordan Love and something and trying to go up to Mahomes or, you know, if you don't have that, you know, so just keep that in mind. And uh, again, you're flip-flopping now, but you're not setting lineups. So I don't really, you know, you're, you're fixing a need that who knows by by August, if you have one, is what right. I would say. Right. I mean, he's an asset. I understand what you're saying, but you are trying to rebalance. It has to be a rebalance move. And this feels a little, a little preemptive. And like you said, you're moving away from the premium when I don't know how deep you are at quarterback, but be careful about moving off a of strength when the strength is the premium. Like it's almost like two PPR and tight end, right? You can't have like if you have four guys. Is that bad? That's not really a bad thing. It's not You'll be okay. <laughs> you're like, Najoku is my four. Help, Jordan. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he won my title for me. Help. Ah, what do I do? I need help. I'm drowning in tight ends. Just keep bludgeoning score people. too much. Yeah. Just keep bludgeoning. Oh, five catches is 10 points. What do I do? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we've already uh, recorded some of the premium shows for this week. What's on the premium side of Dynasty Think Tank over at patreon.com slash Dynasty Think Tank? It's some early uh, startup draft discussion, which um, is going to be fun. I think there's going to be some lucrative quarterback decisions to be made this offseason. Uh, we also had a discussion about some of the the nature of the running back position. Yeah, James Cook, Devon Ashen, Tyra Williams, more deeper dives on those guys. How do we kind of think about them? You know, is this a new NFL? Kind of some of those discussion points. So um, yeah, all of that, all of that content over there, we're also going to be discussing in a little bit more depth. We'll tease something we've discussed here, which is the top of the tight end position as well. Um, And I also recorded a, um, I'm the ROI guy this week. Chad isn't, hasn't, um, hasn't run his numbers yet, which I can respect because it's, it's, it's only 48 hours afterwards and Chad's a very work intensive person in terms Jordan of called you know, me on Sunday night. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was hot about some, some items. Um, uh, but yeah, so I'll, I'll actually release that as a premium podcast as well. So you get um, kind of a look at that. Cause I believe uh, strongly that you have um, as, as subscribers uh, behind our paywall, kind of the right to know our process and how, it, how it works out for us. So I am going to do that as well. So lots of, lots of premium content, right? If you're, if you're excited for the off season, I mean, so are we, right? This is the time where it breathes a ton of energy into, into our uh, content. So super excited about that. Yeah. And, and just one thing, one public service announcement before everyone. And honestly, this is, might be 24 hours too late, but keep in mind this week when people are getting payouts and people are still kind of plugged in, whether you're the commissioner or not, this is the perfect time of year to make sure that you at least put out information regarding, Hey, this is when you got to pay your league fees. Let's propose if anyone wants rule changes or things to suggest for 2024, because there's going to be a cross section, even if they're in the league, you know, they, they're going to pay by the March deadline or April or whenever you set it. Um, they just know that they're going to be relatively dormant or tuned out for a span of time. And this might be the time to catch them before they go out the door. I almost think about, you know kids in school for example like you you can't you can't say it in the hallways when they're going out to spring break you got to say it in the classroom before the bell goes off you know and catch them in the room and right now in dynasty in your dynasty leagues you might still have people in the room so uh, just know that you know getting you know who's in who's out you won't know till the till you actually pay your entry fees later on or whenever but just know for rule changes or things you don't want it to slip too long because some things might be implemented for 2024 maybe you want to take a year uh, depending on the type of thing but this is the time to catch people before uh, before summer vacation uh, begins because half your league will be tuned in half will be tuned out for some span of time here in the next few weeks so just keep that in mind uh, if it's of interest uh, or import to you 
Uh, thanks for listening to Dynasty Think Tank this week. You can follow us on Twitter at Chad Parsons NFL at Active Marin Dynasty. We have our own Dynasty content streams over there at analyticsofdynasty.com and uthdynasty.com. As always in your life with your Dynasty teams in your portfolio, unlock your ceiling and seek elite results. Thank <laughs> you.